I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We are the members of the All-American League. We come from cities near and far. Near and far. We've got Canadians, Irishmen, and Swedes. We're all for one, we're on for all, we're all Americans. Hey guys, welcome to the Female Gaze Podcast, the last one of 2018. We were going to hold this episode until New Year's Eve, but hopefully you all have better plans for that night than we do. So (laughs) we're going to deliver this to you early on Christmas Eve instead. December 24th to those who don't celebrate that holiday. Uh, So you have your whole holiday break if you have one to listen or if you don't have one, you can listen on your normal commute. Uh, So (laughs) this is the Female Gaze Year End Review, kind of like the ones your companies are doing for their employees right now. But here we are giving a review to the world based on their performance in the realm of the female gaze. Was it a good year? Bad year? Meh year. We brought in the heavy hitters to be the judge. Ashley Lee from the LA Times will be joining us in a bit to talk all things film and television in 2018. Music writer Natalie Weiner will pop in to chat music. But first, here in studio with us today is Shaniqua Golding, otherwise known as Chin Chin, otherwise known as the voice of Vibe Magazine. Wow, that's a a big one. Hello, Shaniqua. That's a big one. Hi. Hi, Hi, welcome. Oh my God, that intro was like a lot and it was great. I feel a lot about you. Oh, hold my hand. <laughs> hold my hand. I want my hand held. Can we can hold this hand? Okay. There hold you this go. One too. Yes. Mm. Okay, Shaniqua. Yes, baby. You are going to walk us through your favorite moments in pop culture in 2018. I don't know what you're going to tell us about. We have left this wide open for you to hold the floor, but we're not there yet. So okay. don't worry. Okay. You can keep percolating. Right. First, Shaniqua was going to join us in a round of Float Your Boat. Yes. Uh, toot toot. And be in your bonnet. Buzz, buzz, bitch. Okay, guys. So I'm going to kick us off because my boat and bee is the same this week. Mm. And you might have an idea of what it was based on what we just did at the top of the show. Kat, your hair looks really nice. Oh, thank you. I know. You. I was stroking oh, it was, earlier. Was, it looks really good. Okay, guys. That don't distract me from my boat. I would like to... I would like to dedicate my float your boat and be in your bonnet for the end of 2018 to Penny Marshall. Mm. We just lost the brilliant actor and even more brilliant director, Penny Marshall. So let me just run through the highlights of Penny Marshall's career to me so that we can pour one out for Penny. Of course, everyone uh, discovered her on Laverne and Shirley, Mm -hmm. iconic sitcom. Um, And people knew her as Gary Marshall's sister, but her first feature film as a director was in 1986. Does anyone know what that was? Well, let me tell you. Oh. <laughs> okay, Please there. do. Please do. Go ahead, honey. <laughs> it was Jumpin' Jack Flash, which is honestly my favorite Whoopi Goldberg movie. I can't tell you how many times I've seen that movie. It is like Whoopi's funniest thing. Maybe Ghost, but honestly, Jumpin' Jack Flash, she was the star of that movie, mm. and it was brilliant. Then, two years later, Penny Marshall made Big... Oh. 
which was the first movie directed by a woman to gross more than $100 million. Oh, good shit. Fuck yeah. Also earned Tom Hanks his first Oscar nomination ever. You know, he's gotten a million of those, and Penny gave him his first. Good job. Then two years after that, she made the movie Awakenings, which showed she could also do heavier stuff. And then in 1992, she made... One of the greatest films of all time, and that would be A League of Their Own, Mm -hmm. about the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. That movie was very important to me. In 1992, I was 10 years old. I was a star softball player. Yes, I mean, let me tell you. So that Mm. was like you. I was a star, yeah. And I couldn't dream of becoming a professional baseball player because that didn't exist. Right. But when I saw that movie, I understood there was a brief period in time in which I could have done it. And in general, that movie just really celebrated women who got down and dirty and mm-hmm. and played and cursed and had each other's backs. And that's where Madonna and Rosie O'Donnell became friends. Correct. That's right. Then I don't know if they're friends now, but that's when they they were like, you know, these two completely different people. They were like, yeah, that's when they became like Hell besties. Yeah. Yep. They were so good in that movie. So good. Anyway, so uh, very sad loss in Penny Marshall, but her work will live on forever did the and double. ever. That was the double. That was the boat she, and the Yeah, bee. Penny Marshall will float my boat eternally, and it's a big bee in my bonnet to have lost her. But Shall we cheers to that? Cheers to Penny. Cheers, yes. guys. Chin, chin. Okay. Mm. Lana, what's floating your boat? <sighs> Just took a little sip. What's floating my boat? Idris motherfucking Elba. What about First him? of all, did you guys hear what he said about the Me Too movement? Absolutely. Let me tell you, for those who didn't. So, Huffington Post. I'm about to burp, and I need to just hold for a second. <laughs> ah, I'm not okay, editing I'm that back. out. <laughs> I hope you don't. Alana okay, so, curses a lot, and she burps. I know. Fuck, fuck that. Um, sorry. Fuck me. So, here we go. So, basically, Idris, when he was asked by the Sunday Times if it's difficult to be a man in show business during a period of time where Me Too is happening, and there's predators and harassers and all that stuff, and he simply said, it's only difficult if you're a man with something to hide. Boom. Boom. Like, that's it, right? And immediately the tweet, that's it. I agree with that. And you know how many comments come out now, even in the workplace with people like, oh, I don't know if I should say that. It's a little too me too-y, you know, using it as a fucking verb or whatever it is. It really is adjective, right? Because that is (laughs) I got you. Schooling. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. I'm going to sound so dumb right now. But anyway, I just heard that and I read it. By the way, yeah, when you guys laugh at the same time. I know. We need to back it up. We just had a moment before. I love it, but oh, boy. Tim, so... It's going to get hot. It's Tim at ACAST, shout out, because he had to turn down our mics because we laugh way too loud. <laughs> um, but yeah, Idris is really floating my boat because he said it how it is. You know, he's shut every man I agree. I have no tolerance for this. Oh, men are so afraid and it's a witch hunt and everyone's paranoid. I'm like, boo fucking who? If you're paranoid, there's a reason why you're paranoid. Exactly. So get over it. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Shaniqua, do you have a float your boat pick for us this week? Yes. What do you got? Hit us. Barry Jenkins, If Beale Street Could Talk. Oh. And I don't want to go into Like the movie or his direction or all of just, it? Just just, all of it. Just just him. Just, even the soundtrack, Nicholas Bretel, that soundtrack is gorgeous. So that I film. haven't seen the film yet, but I was listening to the soundtrack yesterday it's, and it's like beautiful. crying in my apartment it's and beautiful. I don't even know the movie it's, yet. It's so beautiful. I, I firmly believe that Barry Jenkins, like he... he Okay, I'm not going to give the film away. Okay. And you're going to have someone mm-hmm. here talking about the film regardless. Mm-hmm. But You interviewed him, right, recently? I did interview Mr. Jenkins. And I firmly believe that he is probably one of the only 
directors, and I've interviewed a, few, a lot of black directors who mm-hmm. knows how to showcase black people as beautiful as I see them in real life on screen. Mm, hell yeah. So he, he knows film direction just as much as he knows beauty. Mm-hmm. And that film is just, it's just so gorgeous. And, you know, I didn't know that I saw Medicine for Melancholy, that he, his first film that he did. I didn't know I saw that. But all of his films, they just have this thread of just beauty. And he does it so just so well. He's just such a great storyteller. So yeah. if Bill Street Could Talk is amazing. The soundtrack is amazing. Everybody's beautiful. And that's my, what, float your boat? Yeah, yes. I love that. Too. It's also my favorite trailer of 2018. Yes, yes. No shade to everyone else's favorite trailer, which I know <laughs> is A Star is Born. But if Bill Street Could Talk is a perfect trailer, it is really just music and images. Mm-hmm. And like that alone, I'm like, if this was the movie, mm-hmm. I'd be sold. The soundtrack for Star is Born is also fire, too. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's also Okay, fire. so question for you. <laughs> Jesse's looking at me with these evil eyes. Shallow or I'll Never Love Again? Shallow. Oh, Thank why? Thank you. Because, uh... Just personal preference? I think... So. Wait, I, I'll Never Love Again is the last song is that she sings. the last song right. that she sings. Very powerful, yeah. Um, what's one... That Arizona sky. That's um. That's um. Always, always remember us this way. That's well, that, my favorite. That's my favorite. Then and then shallow. Yes. yes. Wow. Okay. I yes. like that. I support Thank that. you. Yeah. I support that. Okay. You lose, Jesse. <laughs> Every, Jesse or everyone wins. I don't know. Well, we all have beautiful music, and we can pick and choose. Okay. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> meanwhile, says the lady who was literally challenging me to a bet. Hey, it's the end of the year. if you lose, what are you going to do? It's the end of the year, Wait, and I'm choosing generous? to be a bigger person, yes. <laughs> All right, well, be a bigger person with your... Oh, you already did the B. Yeah, I copped out. What's you your, copped out. What's your B? My oh. B this week is Offset. Oh, he was going to be mine. Ooh. Okay, well, let's talk about it. This That's is a fine. mutual That's B. Fine. This okay. is a mutual B. So, Take for those turns. of you who don't know, Cardi was having a moment. She was on stage. She was doing her thing. And Offset hang comes on, Hang on, hang on. Sorry. Can you yeah. backtrack a little bit okay. and just set the rolling, scene? Rolling Loud performance. What scene do you want me to set? Okay, so- Tell the, us about Cardi and Offset. Okay, so Cardi B and Offset were married for a year. Mm-hmm. And Cardi B, on December 2nd, took to social media to announce that her and Offset are now separated. She said it would take a while for them to get a divorce, but mm-hmm. the word that we will use for legal purposes is estranged. That's yes. the word that we will use. Okay. And- Last weekend, Rolling Loud had their three-day festival, and Cardi B became the first female to headline the show. Yes. And it was the closing night. Yes. And from reports, Cardi B's publicist assisted Offset to help him come on stage with a cake and flowers Flowers. that said, take me back during the middle of her performance. Her performance Damn. i didn't realize Watch her publicist helped words. arrange it it was I an be- inside job i believe it was her yes i believe so Shit. yeah and you know when you watch that video over again you can see she is visibly shook like she is not interested and she says get the fuck out of my face mm-hmm. and he doesn't he keeps going keeps going keeps going and why that is a bee in my bonnet is because first of all don't show up at a her place of work you know correct pushing your power and your manhood on this woman who you say you love like let her do her thing have her moment now you're making this moment about you mm-hmm. you know like that pissed me off and there's an article in the cut um by Brittany cooper and she says some really interesting things one of the um and i will directly quote her one of the lines that she says is i care about what cardi b and offsets troubled romance can teach us about how patriarchy works and how women are taught to conflate expressions of power with expressions of love And then she later says, appearing at someone's place of work uninvited is a serious breach of boundaries, one that frequently 
does put women in physical harm. Absolutely. You know? And Mm. then on top of all of that, she interviewed another woman, Shatima Threadcraft, who's a black feminist political theorist. She's at Dartmouth. Yeah. And she's the author of Intimate Justice, Why Offset's Breach of Cardi's Boundaries Matters. And Threadcraft said, though Cardi as a rich celebrity is not in the typical situation of a woman having a man show up to her job, we should think about her experience through the lens of women who are often faced with terrible choices when they have to leave relationships. Do they keep showing up to a job every day where they know a violent partner can find them? Or do they leave that job and endure domestic devastation as a result? You know, so like she says a lot of very interesting interesting things and granted you know cardi is who she is but still the common thread of he was pushing his power on her through quote an act of um love you know Mm -hmm. through that but it really wasn't and she was visibly uncomfortable and she said no and he didn't leave right and it was just a moment that he fucked up for her and i didn't like that and you are my b offset okay so buzz buzz Buzz, so he's my b as well but i'm so glad that you brought up the fact that uh, Offset showed up to her place of work. Mm-hmm. She was performing, and while mm-hmm. it was tickets and it was a place of entertainment, that was her office, and Offset showed up there. Yes. And it's very it's very important that we highlight that because in Chicago, I believe at the end of November, top of December, Dr. Tamara O'Neill, a 38-year-old black woman, was shot and killed by her ex-fiance. Right. Yep. Okay? So she was at her place of work where mm-hmm. she should have been. That's mm-hmm. where she needed to be. And she was shot. And this man shot her six times before her body fell to the ground. And then he shot and killed a, uh, a first year resident student and then a police officer. Mm. But then the media made it about the police officer trying to, you know, mm-hmm. uh, save other lives. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. that he didn't. But this black woman was shot and killed at her place of business. Yes. So this is not something that's romantic or this mm-hmm. is not something that needs to be uh, branded as a man trying to get his family back. Mm-hmm. I, I love the fact that we're saying, you know, he's doing what he needs to do now as opposed to doing what he should have did before mm-hmm. to keep her. He, yeah. he didn't have to get her back. That's she was right. there. That's right. She was there. He had to, and she did not have to get her back. That's and, right. And my personal issue is like, you're the one who brought this boulder of embarrassment and disappointment Correct. and betrayal into our relationship. Correct. So don't come back talking French. We ain't got shit to discuss. That's right. Me and my lawyers will be in contact. That's 100%. how I That's how I feel. A hundred percent. And if I have told you, please do not contact me. Do not speak to me. Do not come to my place of work. But you show up anyway with fucking roses. You think sending roses to my place of work is going to make me feel, oh, yeah, let me just take you back. Me and culture are going to come back. Like, right, no, right. that's not how that fucking works. It's not how it works at all. But it's also like she has grounds for harassment. Yes. She wanted to, and, yes. she, and if she wanted to, she could get some restraining orders filed against him if mm-hmm. she wanted to. But it's just, I'm. There are people who say that this might be like a, um, a publicity stunt, and mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a publicity stunt, yes or no. But what I do know is that the reactions from men, it's very troubling. Mm. It's yes. very, very troubling because I need men to uh, I, some. Let's mm. be let's be politically mm-hmm. correct. Yep. I need yep. some men to understand that. When you try to lean on the power that you think you have Mm. in order to rush a process that you caused, you are exhibiting behaviors that made me realize I shouldn't have been with you to begin with. Exactly. Exactly. I couldn't have said it better myself. Will you just scoot into your mic a little bit? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Or pull it towards you a little bit. Beautiful. Yeah. Great. That's exactly right. 
Um, and just to zoom out for a second and apply this to situations that aren't, aren't even necessarily about violence, I mm-hmm. just want to mention this reminds me a lot of the story that I read a month or so ago about this dude whose girlfriend was running the New York City Marathon. Oh my God, I was so fucking yes, pissed. Uh, Mile 16. What my is wrong G, with you? Mile 16. So you couldn't wait till she fucking you. finished the damn marathon. Bitch has been Bruh, training for I this. I was so fucking tight. I was like, my G, you couldn't, like, she is running a marathon. She is pissing 26.2 herself to get miles, this done. And you really had to, you, you had to propose then? You. you had to propose then. What's wrong with you? Bruh, you could have waited till when she got to the end of the finish line Thank where all you. her family Thank and friends you. would have been there to Thank support you. her and love her and show, but nah, it was all about you. What? Right. No. Right. So in case you couldn't tell, this is a guy who stopped his girlfriend in the middle of her running the marathon to (laughs) propose to her so that he could have a whole crowd around him just like mile sixteen, 16 bruh. because you know he just wanted the reinforcement of everyone Inflating being like that's so romantic ego. No. bruh like you messed up her time right that she's she, been training for and she finished the race which is so funny to me because that proves that she was like yay okay too. later like I have a fucking marathon to finish too. I would have said hold your fucking thought put that ring away right. and let me get my time right I'll see you at the finish line but right. I don't even know if some men, we must be politically correct, yes, know how to not center themselves in the middle of things that don't have anything to do with them. Correct. Correct. Oh, sure. Correct. I don't know if they don't understand. There's no that. accomplishment a you. woman could have greater than conjoining herself with him. <laughs> because some, <laughs> right? some men, again, to be politically correct, need their dick stroke. They're like, I'm going to do this and I want the world to see because look how great of a man I am. No. You'd be a great fucking man if you waited until you got home and had a bowl of pasta. Right. To carb load back up. What and you know, what's some real shit. Whoever's listening who might find me attractive and is thinking about proposing, me. <laughs> do not pro- me. <laughs> yes, babe. <laughs> do not propose to me in front of like anybody. No. When you propose, it's gotta be no. me and you. Because just that's also another Thank thing you. that Offset did. Yes. Trying to get the internet yes. and trying yes. to get uh the uh, audience at rolling yeah, loud the peer on pressure. his side. Yes. You know right. what I'm saying? No, 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 no. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. No. And don't tweet about it after. Don't tweet about it after. Shut up. Good night, Moon. You couldn't wait until she was at the <laughs> end of the damn marathon. That was Miles her moment. Okay. Oh, okay. This was a good B. Woo! My this was the B are... of 2018. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so right. glad I put on deodorant. <laughs> All right. That won't even help me now, I tell you. <laughs> well, oh. that concludes our uh, Float Your Boat uh, and Be In Your Bonnet for 2018. Up next, <laughs> our critics' picks for the year, starting with Shaniqua. All right, Shaniqua, you know a lot about a lot of things, so I'm not even going to hem you you into, like, you can only (laughs) talk about music or film or hip-hop or whatever it is. Just surprise us. What really turned you on this year? What was super awesome female gazy shit that popped up on your radar for 2018? It happened recently um, because... What did? my uh things that I, I really fuck with oh okay all of the so um, it was like a strong end of the year strong end of the year okay all strong at the end of the year uh the alleged blue wave that took place that you know democrats taking over the house mm. that's yeah. not what mm-hmm. um what i'm excited about more so it was due to the trump administration due to the rise of the alt-right and mm. homegrown terrorism there are a lot of women black brown native american who was just like yeah we're not doing this anymore mm. And they have now become members of the House of Representatives. Although Stacey Abrams did not win, I was Bummer. very, yeah. very like, 
proud to see her. I was like, at first I didn't know who she was. I was like, okay, cool. And then it's just like, oh, so this might actually happen. This really might actually happen. So mm-hmm. I was really happy for Stacey Abrams. Of course, I wanted Andrew Gillum to win, but unfortunately that did not happen. Yeah. But I was actually really happy to see so many women enter politics. And I don't know if many women saw themselves as politicians before, but I think a lot of women are just like, I don't want to see this shit happen anymore. Mm-hmm. So what do I have to do to change that? So I think it's more of a strong end of the year that I really enjoyed. Yeah, I like that. Agree. Yeah, 100%. I will warn everyone right now, if Bernie Sanders runs for president again, if he announces that next year, that will be my B every fucking week <laughs> until he is knocked out. I'm still waiting for Michelle. She's yeah. not doing it. I know. Michelle Oprah 2020. She's not doing it. I and I think, I think, I think. She's um, done it. I think, <laughs> I think, um. There's something to be said about influence and power. Mm-hmm. Barack Obama was in power. Barack Obama was a black man, so there was that. But I think we see the influence of Michelle Obama, and sometimes influence, and oftentimes influence, is more powerful than power. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. how fucking cool are they that they're like, you know what? We're not interested in politics anymore. We're going to work for Netflix, and we're going to yes. be movie producers. <laughs> yes. Shades on, chilling, making movies. Hell yeah. I love it. Okay, what else? I work in the uh, the music editorial entertainment industry, and I have to listen to music that I don't really want to listen to, and I have to mm-hmm. pretend like I care about artists that I don't really care about. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten to a point where I just have stopped pretending to care. So now... <laughs> Wait, can I say, though, because Shaniko and I used to work together... <laughs> that I'm very serious. That, <laughs> when, that I'm so satisfied hearing you scream earlier about Cardi, because when Cardi first hit the scene in a serious way, yeah. I made you talk about her a yeah. lot on camera and on audio. And you had to really like squeeze blood from a stone at first about Cardi. Yeah, I did. Like she wasn't totally your jam. She wasn't. But you had this thing you said. You said God loves Cardi B, and it's like the way you said it was so funny, and we like looped it over and over, and it became like a catchphrase around the office. I God loved, does love Cardi God, B. God does love Cardi Hell B. But yeah. I, I loved more of what she represented, not necessarily the yes. music at the time. Sure. Um, but so now I've just stopped caring or now I've just stopped pretending to care about these artists that I don't care about. And right. I've yep. immersed myself into jazz, specifically British jazz. A lot of my favorite albums have come out from men and women who live across the pond. Uh, Blue Lab Beats, Zober, Zover, Alphamist, Antiphon, uh, Nicholas Bertel. He's not from London. He's actually from here, but he did the Beale Street soundtrack. Um, just so m- I just, just fell in love with the fact that. I don't think that artists of any genre, any genre, really understand the power of words. Mm -hmm. I feel like we've gotten to a point in this society where abusive language and abusing language has become a way of life. So until we get to an area where we're starting to realize that words have power, I'm kind of just like leaving people alone. Mm -hmm. And I've just been listening to jazz music and realizing that instruments, like, they work. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They work. And they work really, really well. So I've just really been interested in that. And uh, R&B... there's, there's been a lot of conversation that R&B is having this resurgence, and I don't think it's having a resurgence at all. I think it's people are just noticing it now. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my favorite R&B artists have come out in these later years. Um, I really love her. I really enjoy her. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, mm. really, really love her. Um, but just, I've just been listening to a lot of just, I've been listening to musicians who take their craft seriously. Yep. Yeah. No raindrop drop top here. I'm just not here for it. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. That's great. Uh, can I ask you a question about your social media? <laughs> Shaniqua is, is really me. fascinating <laughs> on social media. Before we let you go, first of all, I urge everyone to follow you. Don't do that. Listen, don't. Please no, do it. No, you're great. 
And don't do I'm it. Do you it. put a lot of thought into it. It's very <laughs> um, authorial. Like no. there's a beautiful kind of poetic way, but also you're very real. And sometimes it's a little bit uh, challenging to read as your friend because I'm wondering what's going on. Why? Can you give um, us an example? I don't know. Give me an example. Kat. So I just feel like you address men a lot in your social media. Because they're trash. Let her because they're right. trash. Thank Politically you. Politically correct some. Politically correct some men are trash. Uh, first of all, I hate the phrase politically correct. So I want to challenge you on this. Okay, I hate it too. But, okay. But lawsuits are happening. Wait, yo, did, is, is, you think Nicki Minaj is really going to sue Homeboy? I don't think no. so. I don't think she I is. don't think so. I don't know what you guys I think are talking it's about. A, oh, please enlighten her. Okay, so I, I probably shouldn't even be doing this because she might try and sue me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, babe, I have not a dime. Okay, so Nicki Minaj is... Um, in a relationship with a man that she grew up with uh-huh. who um, is a, I, I want to say a, went to jail for rape. Okay. And he is a, a, a convicted sex offender. Okay. I do not have all the facts on this, so I'm speaking with what I do know. And a gentleman from some news organization said, this isn't the first time she has defended uh uh, like people who have in that area. Okay. I guess he was referring to her brother okay. who is a, he, he has a convicted sex offender For and he's in p- prison pedophilia. right now. Yes. And uh, Takashi has also had his run-ins with the law in regards to uh, sexual underage assault. sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So allegedly she said she's going to sue him. Interesting. Because of the verbiage that he used to describe mm-hmm. her. Yeah. I don't know. That's tricky. But that's why I'm saying politically correct. Right. I. That's why. I, I mean, that's why you right. always hear me say allegedly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Allegedly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't have the facts, reports, absolutely. absolutely. So my problem, and I guess this could have been my B this week, uh, is because I would like to talk about this. Politically correct to me bothers me because I feel like it was born out of this terrible fucking time in the '90s where everyone like was going nuts for impeaching Clinton and raking Monica Lewinsky over the coals and hating Hillary and hating feminism and calling women feminazis. And it was like the super puritanical, awful decade that I came of age in basically as a woman. Mm -hmm. And this whole idea of being politically correct was this nasty thing that conservatives used whenever anyone was like maybe we like shouldn't say that like all black people do this or all women do that and they're like oh excuse me for not being politically it was like oh, rush limbaugh I, I see and you know what though i really appreciate that because as the long young sorry often sometimes not often i don't think i'm ignorant at all but as a young sometimes ignorant millennial i haven't even thought about that because it's a phrase that's been ingrained and i say it to be politically correct right yeah well, so i really exactly i I do appreciate that. I it's will change gross. my language. What what should we say or what, well, what do you so think? Well, so here's the thing. This is the quagmire that Shaniqua is wading through when she has these conversations on a microphone. Mm-hmm. And she is a public figure. She's a journalist. I'm not a public figure. What lies? Yes, you are. You are. You have a lot of fans and a lot of readers, and I I'm don't. one of them. Okay, you're but being anyway. mad humble because you're the shit. But I think no. the reason why you're saying, like, politically correct, not all men, is because men are often very quick to jump on someone who generalizes about them. Because mm. God forbid someone generalize about men for once in the fucking history of the universe. <laughs> 
worse. Salty. And so when you say like, oh, politically correct, da da da, you're really saying like, not all men. I understand this isn't all men. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what you're doing, and I understand why you're doing it. And it's just trying times to be someone who is visible to the public. Anyway, so I feel you, but I fucking hate that phrase. <laughs> uh, Noted. So, uh, oh, your social media way to throw me off your trail, but I'm back on it. So I just wonder, like, in general, what's going on in your life that has made this a thing that you go to social media about as a consistent theme? Um, oh, you're, my earring fell out. Oh, my God. You're okay. searching through your own Instagram to you know, even know no, what no, I'm no, referring no, no, to. No, no, no. I would, I'm actually going to pull up my social media for you to search through and tell me what I would okay. can I can you yes. please tell us your it's handle. often in your IG stories it's often so in my IG I don't stories. know if you have something up in the last 24 hours that pertains to this um but this is if you're listening everyone pull her up what's your handle g-o-l-d i-n-g g-i-r-l 617 that's where i, I am like on. this group activity okay no, so is everyone on it. their phones <laughs> everyone is on their phones i am so that's where i am oh yeah okay here we go yes i'm in um <clears throat> okay uh oh yeah they're all over here <laughs> yes. so here we go wait you even have as of three days ago I am so sick of manipulative behavior being branded as romantic. I am tired of toxic attributes being seen as normal or tolerable. And I am over women who know the difference between being called bitter. We're not bitter. We're actually brilliant. So let me clarify my question. I'm not saying, oh, Shaniqua, what man wronged you? That I'm saying, what are you generally sensing out in the world and in the culture that has sent you... To social media to share these thoughts that I think are fucking awesome. I'm constantly reading your shit and being like, yes, 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 this is so good. But then I wonder what's what's your experience? Uh, okay, so it's a, so that that particular tweet that you just read that was in regards to Offset and Cardi. Offset and Cardi. That was yep. that. Um, and it was just more so my annoyance to the reaction surrounding the men who were supporting Offset. Mm. There have been some men who just like, nah, bro, like he's wrong, he's got to chill, mm. like whatever. But it was more so the overwhelming reaction to men supporting this behavior. So that was sure, that sure, particular sure. tweet. Yes. But in my personal life, as it pertains to <laughs> the undesirables, that's what we're calling <laughs> <them>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can I tell you what my perception of you is? You tell me if this is correct or okay, not. Okay, go well, tell me what your perception is. I feel like, and I get this a lot from your social media, not even from conversations you and I have had. So I might be totally off the mark. Okay. I feel like you are a woman who loves men and appreciates great men in your life and is always hoping to meet new ones and is constantly disappointed, disappointed. <laughs> and feels like we as a society should hold the bar a lot higher. Absolutely. Women, especially black women, have to be everything. Mm. Men, especially cisgender white men, just have to be and that's just it. Yeah. And it's yeah. annoying as fuck. Um, in my personal life, I, I'm, men try, but they don't really execute. Mm. Um, this one guy, I went to a career day uh, a few, we- few weeks back, maybe about a month back, and I met this guy. And he was like, hey, it was nice meeting you. I'll contact you. I was like, okay, cool, whatever. About a month ago, he emails me. He's like, it was nice meeting you or whatever. You know, I'd love to, you know, you know, are you available for coffee so I can get to know you? So I was just like, okay i was like well i'm you know i had this on friday this on saturday this Mm. on sunday maybe saturday afterwards we can hang out and he never got back to me Mm. and Mm. it's just i get annoyed at shit like that Mm -hmm. like totally 
like and i'm very i'm just very vocal about yeah. it yeah um but you know what i really love about it especially is that you are such a brilliant woman you are so esteemed in the workplace because i've seen it you're really like if you're in a meeting with shaniqua in the office you don't open your fucking mouth i was gonna say i bet talked. you command a room yeah I don't. it's like Hell yeah mic no, drop but no. you're also really um like you're sparse with your words. Like you wait until you really have something to say, which is another lesson a lot of men could learn. You only speak when you really give a shit about what's being right, talked super about. Facts, super facts. I don't you know. It, like I tune out. Like yeah. if, if I just tune out. I mm-hmm. don't really care about this budget that you allege that we have. It's not going to get trickled <laughs> down. I don't give a fuck about it. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, let's be honest. But okay. <laughs> yes. But you're also being self-deprecating. You're, you know you do mean? listen, but I do listen, you just but, but, you engage when you're interested. Anyway. So then I think it's super interesting and awesome that your social media that I think a lot of people that know you as a brilliant writer and editor are following, you get personal about this shit. I, I think it's awesome. I do. You know why? It's really hard to find. Mm. You know why? I'm uh, I just. I mystery and 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 pride and all of that. Those are wonderful attributes. And if they work for you, they work for you. Mm. And I completely understand the allure of a mysterious woman you know i get it like she's sexy and, mm. she, and she's not even letting you know what it is that she's thinking i don't even have the mental bandwidth to do that me too that's just i don't have the mental bandwidth to 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 do that like me too i for me i don't like brick and mortar does not work for me mm-hmm. you know i can only relate to you if i know that you bleed i can yes. only relate to you if i know that you like laugh i can only you know what i mean yep. like and so if you if you see me on social media going through something, it's really I'm going through something, and I might be a bit too personal, and I might be inviting criticism, and I might be inviting comments that I did not ask for. Mm-hmm. But I hope, if nothing else, if I'm building a brand, and I hate that comment, building a brand. But if I am, I just want you to know it's honesty. It's you. Yeah. It's authentic. Love that. I just, I just I'm want you to know. I'm the same way. I'm like, the same way. I don't have the I don't have the time. Exactly. Okay. To wrap things really up with you, that. I was hoping oh, it's that. Over? You- oh, that's important. <laughs> you can stay as long as you want i just okay we don't have to go anywhere but i was hoping that you would just share the story that i think i read on your social media (laughs) about how your mom kind of inadvertently interrupted a big interview that you were doing (laughs) oh man charmaine that lady she's up charmaine (laughs) she's great okay so um I was interviewing Mr. Barry Jenkins, mm-hmm. Academy wow. Award-winning film director, wow. Mr. Mm-hmm. Barry Jenkins. Wow. And uh, we were sitting like we are at this table, and I so rec- you were in person with in him. person in person interview, recording on my phone. We had that uh, that voice app, uh-huh. and I told my mom like, "Mom, I have an interview tomorrow. Like, okay, so I'll, you know, I'll call you afterwards." And I don't know if any of your mothers respect your lives, but no. my mother does not. No. Okay, <laughs> so my mom, Mm-mm. she's like, "Yeah, okay, sure, whatever," and. She calls in the middle of the interview. Now, thank God Apple has gotten smart enough where they pause the recording and allow you to do whatever that you have to do. I couldn't hit ignore fast enough before Mr. Barry Jenkins was like, oh, mommy. And he because it said mommy on your screen, it said mommy on my screen. He was like, oh, we should talk to mommy. I was like, no, we shouldn't. And he was like, no, we, we should. So he slides the phone and I'm like, hey, mom, I'm just in the middle of an interview. And then he's like, hey, mom. And they go on and they Stop. end up having this like great conversation. Stop. And I'm just sitting there just like, yo, like I got, I only have like five minutes <laughs> left for this man. Wrap it up, mom. And she ends up asking him a really simple question. Like, why did he become a filmmaker? And he gave this beautiful, cause he's a beautiful man. He makes beautiful movies. He gave this beautiful 
amazing articulate explanation about growing up poor and going to film school and taking a year off and, and scrounging the money together to make medicine for melancholy. And I'm just like, yes, mommy, shout out to you. You asked a dope ass question. Yes, Charmaine. You know what's so funny? So you wrote about that in your post, and I wondered if she almost got a better answer out of him because she's not a journalist. Yes. And so he felt like that question mm-hmm. was coming from a very earnest place, I not think, just like a rote journalist question. Absolutely. So he wanted to give her a real answer. I think I, I absolutely agree. And I was like, oh, man, I got to really, like, thank mommy. And then I hung up the phone, and it didn't record. <laughs> <gasps> no! Oh, so Apple hasn't gotten all their Apple shit Apple hasn't gotten all oh, their shit together. They weren't me. planning that for that. hurt my soul. It hurt me, But you know too. what? That they lived it. Soul. They enjoyed it in the moment. That's, That's what it's true. It's about. not real unless it's on Instagram. But damn. <laughs> yeah. And now we're hearing about it on the Female Gaze podcast. So it's you fine. It yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Uh, all right, Shaniqua. We have holiday parties to get to. Tis the season, baby. Tis We're not all season. dolled up for nothing. Not for this janky podcast. Jessie's wearing a really beautiful blazer, guys. I she did compliment you on her uh, hair this morning. Her hair is glossy. She has this beautiful red dress with a deep V. Moment. This man was could not get out of my breast. This t- <laughs> what? Which man? I was on the train, mm. and I was, he just could not get out of my breast, <laughs> and I was just like. If you're going to stay there, you might as well pay rent, You honey. may as well take a fucking selfie. He just couldn't get out of my breast, and it was like, fine. Well, oh, boy. Well, guys, stay out of her breast, but get into her DMs <laughs> no. and her no, writing. No. <laughs> she writes for Vibe. She writes for Billboard. Mm. She's out there in the world. Legend, guys. Kicking ass. We're you're so the best. honored that Shaniqua you're here Golding, with us. Thank you. Thank I think you. it's also because my I have my period. I'm sorry. Is that oh, man, me too. Oh, my God. Yes, I was just talking about I had my period. Oh my god, day two. Day two. Synced up before you even met. Uh, okay. okay. <laughs> up next, music writer Natalie Weiner, whose work can regularly be seen in the New York Times, SB Nation, and Billboard magazine. Pure coincidence. To talk about the year in pop and her recent cover story on one of the most surprising feminist icons of 2018, Ariana Grande. Hey. Thank you. We'll be right yes. back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Natalie, thank you for joining the female gaze. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, I'm honored to have you on the show because uh, you're known in our personal circles as an expert on many things and also known in professional circles and Twitter circles for that same thing. Natalie is a very smart writer who is smart about a lot of topics like music, like sports, like <laughs> everything. You don't Some have to convince me. I'm already here. <laughs> you're brilliant. Okay. I just want everyone listening to understand. <laughs> it is a big deal that you're here. You are well, the word. We want to hear your thoughts and opinions on this crazy year of 2018 yes. and all the shit that's gone down, particularly in the world of you know female gazy stuff, women mm-hmm. artists, um, and events that have happened. So. First of all, let's start with talking about your big cover story that came out this month. 
Miss Ariana. Oh, okay. So we were just having this debate before uh, you came in. Yeah. yeah. Is it Ariana Grande or are we supposed to say Grandy now? Okay. So I listened to that <laughs> interview. I mean, I'm sure you guys did yeah. too. It sounded like it was more just like her dad's or her grandpa said it that way, you know, okay. like, and it was a thing where he was trying to sound less Italian. Sure. So he like sometimes said mm. it that way, like in his youth or whatever, because uh-huh. he was trying to make his voice sound or his voice, his name sound less quote unquote ethnic. Which right. Whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. People you know, needed to do it. It was, point in our it was a, Maybe they do again. Yeah. Sadly, but yeah. I don't know. And so she was just like, as a tribute to him, because obviously he's passed now, right. she was like, I've thought about going back to saying it that way. But I think Grande is still the correct ap- pronunciation. Okay. okay so it. we're good. We're yeah. good. We're okay. Good. Okay. 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 Because that would be hard Grande. to course correct at this point in my life. I'm too old to make those. Yeah. Kinds well, of that's changes. like when Chrissy Teigen was, um, oh, right. she said it's Tigan. And I was like, no. The world is like, no. That's just it's like trolling. <laughs> no, no, no. It's like, I also wouldn't put it past her to just fuck with people. Although yeah. that's like spelling wise, interesting point. If she did say it, Tigan, that mm. would be like how you pronounce my last name. Because oh, it's that's the E-I. True. W-E-I-T-E-I. Oh. Uh, yeah, okay. Oh. So maybe she Natalie just Weiner, fucking. Chrissy, Tigan. Maybe. I, I don't mean, know. Uh, Chrissy, maybe if we... you're out there, <laughs> let us know. Okay, guys, we're spiraling. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> you wrote this amazing story about Ariana. It was for uh, Billboard's Women in Music issue. She was chosen as their Woman of the Year. She was. Um, I will say, as someone who has been in the Billboard family some years, I'm like not totally sure how they picked the person that they picked. And this year, I was like, I get that. This one makes mm-hmm. sense to me. Right. Yes. Yeah, no, I mean, it was like... Such an amazing opportunity. And I mean, Nick, who's an editor there, Jesse knows. What's up, it's, Yeah. He, like, reached out to me, and it was so funny. He was just like, can you go to L.A. next week, maybe? And I was <laughs> like, why? <laughs> and he was like, well, you could maybe possibly write a story about Ariana Grande. And I was like, yes, Book obviously. Yeah. And he was obviously like. Obviously because you're such a fan or because I, it's just a big story to write? I mean, both. Okay. But like at first they had another writer in mind, I guess. And so I was like the second <laughs> choice. And I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine with being the yeah. second choice. Like seriously, put, put me, me in as coach. understudy. Yeah, like I'm, I'll be on deck, whatever yeah, you need. Yeah, and yeah. it wound up working out. But yeah, no, I've been a fan of hers. And weirdly, like the way that I came to her music was through a billboard assignment. Because like when I between my internship and when I started as a full time editor, I was like freelancing and doing basically anything that they asked because Mm -hmm. I was like, I need money desperately. (laughs) Um, And so they were like, well, you go to this Ariana Grande concert at Barclays that happens to be like. Uh, the opening of the Billboard Lounge at Barclays, oh, right. which is like this thing, whatever. So I had to like write this thing being like the Billboard Lounge happened. <laughs> um, but and I like didn't really care about Ariana at the time. You uh-huh. know, I was kind of like, eh, she's a little corny. It's not really my speed. Yeah. But I went to the show and it, I was blown away. Like she was so good. And I was just like, she can really actually sing. And these songs are like actually dope. And I've yeah. kind of been writing them off just on like my thing of like, eh, she's like for teens or whatever you know like I kind of like wrote her off without ever really listening to her stuff but I was like okay no this is actually really good yeah and from then on I was on board and like I'm happy with the place where she's pivoted to like genuinely like not just saying that because of the story but like it's cool that she's making music that's like more adventurous even though I think the whole time the songs she's been making have been good it's like Mm -hmm. it's just it's cool that she feels like she's in a position to like do more different stuff. Right. And I feel like you do a very good job in the article of showing the side of her that is also more acutely aware of double standards in the industry. Mm-hmm. She's very vocal about those things. Right. I think probably a lot of people don't give her credit for her 
honestly, intelligence because of yeah. the package that it comes in that we tend to dismiss very quickly. Um, right. And especially just being like a young pop star. Uh, but then, you know, well, I, I'll just read like part of this one quote that was in your piece because I thought it was so interesting. She's talking about how there are certain standards that pop women are held to that men aren't. And she says we have to do the teaser before the single, then do the single and wait to do the pre-order. And radio has to impact before the video. And we have to do the discount on this day and all this shit. And it's just like, bruh, I just <laughs> want to fucking talk to my fans and sing and write music and drop it the way these boys do. So right. can you tell yeah. us about that like conversation you were having with her? Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I obviously wanted to talk about gender stuff because she's been outspoken about it in the past. You know, it's not even like really foreseen the issue. And I think she's very self-aware of like how she, you know, about how she looks. She's like, I know I like have the ponytail and I have the thing. And she does all that. And there was a whole part of the conversation that we actually had to cut that I thought was really interesting because there was this behind the scenes thing for one of her music videos. And she said, like, I take... I take it when people dress up as me for Halloween, like as a compliment, like I like mm-hmm. being exaggerated. Like if the drag queens aren't doing me, then I'm doing something wrong, Yeah, you know? And I was, I found that really interesting. So I was kind of like talking to her about that and then like getting into like, well, what about being taken seriously when mm. you present as this almost cartoonish sort of larger than life figure who people don't really ascribe like intelligence to, obviously not necessarily that exact phrasing but just kind of like talking about like her in the studio and that was all kind of in the story and whatever but like that specific quote was so interesting because I had just asked her what do you think is the biggest risk that you could take in your career right now you know and to me that's like I mean it's like kind of a fraught question but not really you know it's one she could very easily sort of write off and totally yeah whatever way like the whole interview was like there were it was like tiptoeing around all of these <laughs> yeah. different subjects yeah. as you can imagine totally. and so i had to like really think about framing things in a delicate way yeah and that i thought was kind of an easy question um and she said well i think i've already taken it and that was with thank you next she was like releasing this song out of nowhere mm-hmm. like blah 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 and then she kept talking like into this quote that you just read mm-hmm. and sort of what goes on after it and she actually like started getting really emotional like to the de- like she was sort of going on at such a clip that I thought she was joking, you know, Mm -hmm. that it was like hyperbole for effect that she was like listening all this stuff. And it Mm -hmm. was like, ha ha ha, you know, like, aren't these things crazy? And so I was kind of laughing. And then she started crying. And I was like, okay, (laughs) so this is like, a real like, I was like, this is not what I expected in response to this question. But um, what do you think the tears are from? Is it like a frustration? Yeah, I think it's just sort of like, I mean, she's in this position where she has so much pressure on her to like, like she is the vehicle for many people's livelihoods, you know, and also her own career. And she has really enormous ambitions, which is fitting for someone in her position. I Mm -hmm. mean, she wants to be like at a legend status, you know, and that's she's 25. So she's still, you know, she's really young. Yeah. And so I think it's a combination of this feeling of like, I have all this power and yet there's so much pressure for me to like make the most of it. And I feel compressed by all of these different forces. I mean, like talking about how her label wants her to do a certain thing and follow this very regimented path on how to Mm -hmm. release music. And I think it is something that like, you know, Drake and Ariana Grande are not necessarily in different positions, but if Drake wants to release a song tomorrow, it's like not really a big deal. You know, he can sort of do that Mm -hmm. and I think that was kind of what she was getting at and she's like I just want like more freedom and fewer people to like question my choices probably to me that's the subtext I'm totally like analyzing here she didn't say that (laughs) right but like 
I imagine that that's kind of where she was coming from with that and why it's sort of reflecting on like how hard she's had to work to like make her own voice heard like got emotional you Mm -hmm. know because I think it's like she's probably really had to push consistently for a long time to be like no I want things to be this way Mm -hmm. and not this way and you know all the things that come with that being considered a diva like you know having an attitude like whatever being hard to work with like these are all things that most men don't have right. to deal with ever, right. but like women artists do. Right, because she's probably just trying to, I mean, she is protecting her integrity right. as an artist. Like, right. That's her bread and butter. Like this is her craft. So it. I can only imagine, obviously I'm not a, a superstar, but I can only imagine how frustrating it is when you just want to create art and people are telling you like these are the boundaries or these are the, you have to color within these lines. Yeah, so, yeah. I yeah. think it's just... And some of that is just obviously the balance between commercial stuff and art stuff, you know, which most people in her lane will deal with at some point. But it's like she's gotten to such a big point where it's like she's kind of it's like an interesting moment to see which direction she'll go. Yeah. And it's like it's hugely like no matter what you do, you're kind of prone to a misstep. Like people are going to be like, oh, it's not as good as the last thing you did. Or they're going to be like. Or it like it has to be better, you know. There's right. no mm-hmm. way to kind of like go backwards, and so that's, I I can't even imagine, you know. And like anybody who is that famous, like, you just you your mind has to work a little bit differently oh, <laughs> to yeah. kind of oh, yeah. get, to, get to that echelon. Yeah. And so, yeah. so were you with her before Grammy nominations yeah. came out? Okay. Yeah, it was beginning of November. Got it. Got it. Got it. Because she got nominated for a few things. Yeah, but I it was really interesting. I found that that was kind of a snub. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I just, she was only nominated in the pop vocal categories, right? She wasn't right, nominated right. for any of the big mm-hmm. categories. And it's like, to me, I don't, I thought her album was really good. Uh-huh. You know, and Agreed. I'm not, like, it's not like my album of the year or anything, but it seems like perfect Grammy fodder sure. to me. Sure. You know, like, considering who she is right. and, yeah. like, what she produced and that it was pretty like aesthetically yeah. adventurous but had the commercial success usually they're willing to kind of like make those comprom you know usually the commercial success does actually count for something and i remember doing a story at billboard talking about i think it was 1989 versus uh to pimp a butterfly uh-huh. in the right, album right, of right. the year mm-hmm. category and i was talking to label execs about like what who they thought would actually win you know yeah. and it was like people said explicitly like commercial success does have value to us. And so if that's if those are the metrics you're looking at, uh-huh. like some combination of artistic success and commercial success and like reach and impact and like how does this fit within the culture? Mm-hmm. How does her work like yeah, not a right. song, not a like how does No Tears Left to Cry, a thing she wrote about a terrorist attack, like one of the biggest terrorist attacks ever to yeah. hit like a music thing. How is that not like a Grammy to me, you yeah. know, I completely because agree. you know, shallow is out there. Shut and what up. can stand up to shallow? Jesse is when so- shallow is in the conversation. A song about a terrorist attack. We will never candle to candle. We'll never get through an episode without talking hey, about. Hey, when Chelsea. Allie steps Listen. on that stage, shut the fuck up. Okay, we'll get to that. Later. A, no, but I I completely understand where you're coming from. That it it yeah we'll get we'll get there. Okay, we'll get there. Uh, <laughs> I'm anyway, take another sip of my rosé. Yeah, sip your rosé. Fascinating article. Everyone check it out. Uh, 
I want to move on to another big moment for women in music this year, which was a sad one, which was the loss of Aretha Franklin. Mm. Uh, you wrote a piece for Rolling Stone after she passed away, um, and you were describing her genre-transcending career, and I wanted to ask what you think women artists in particular now can kind of learn from her ability to have built that for herself. You kind mm. of, when you're talking about where Ariana is now and you think it's yeah. great that she's taking mm. some risks... Yeah. No, I mean, I think like to me, to be perfectly honest, it's kind of hard for me to think that anybody can learn from Aretha's career just yeah. because she was like so singular. Yeah. You know, it's like she just had kind of a not just a voice, but obviously a voice and like a musical sensibility that just couldn't, you know, it's not even a thing you can recreate if you're ever trying, yeah. you know. And I think that's what made all of her music so distinctive and so sort of not impossible to categorize yeah but um i think like she just put the work first all mm -hmm. the time you know mm -hmm. and like mm -hmm. throughout her whole career yeah. you know and it was never like 110 percent at moments when she did not have to right. you know and that was just like that was her relationship with the music like i just saw the documentary that's like doing limited run mm -hmm. stuff around i it's called Amazing Grace, right? Because that's the album, you know, famous gospel album like, yeah. that she did. And it was sold out when I tried to get tickets. So tell me about it. It was like, <laughs> still bitter. yo, I bought tickets like four days in advance. I did not realize that that was going to be a thing. Yeah. Um, and I, by then it was only Tuesday at 10 o'clock. Right. <laughs> and so I was like, all right, I'm there. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it was just like you could, it was a rare opportunity to see how viscerally like, she was connecting with the music. And I mean, especially because it was the church, which is obviously where she grew up and where yep. she came from. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that kind of music has like a very particular importance and like intention behind it. And mm -hmm. like seeing that was really amazing and just kind of how she was able to connect with the people in that room. But I feel like she had that all the time. You know, yeah. there was no yeah. song where she was like, okay, I'm just going to like dial it back. Yeah. And it was like, no, 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 no. Like she's turning it up to 11 always. And yeah. it's like, my feeling is like if you can't bring that to the music, then why are you doing it? Sure. You know, like you yep. have to question your own intentions. Yeah. And it might not sound like Aretha. Right. You know, like because I almost it will not sound like Aretha, <laughs> like guaranteed. But like if you're not giving all of yourself, if you're not putting it all out there in some way, like what are you doing? Yeah, there's yeah. not a point. And mm -hmm. it's hard to like for me to sit back and say that <laughs> I'm the writer, you know, yeah. like, you know, and it's like, that's really hard. No, yeah. totally. I yeah. mean, especially considering that in the entertainment industry at large, women are given second chances a lot less than men are. Mm. So if you're going to take a risk, you got to you got to put your all of your fucking heart and soul into it because there's a good chance that if it fails, it's going to be harder to take that third shot, you yeah. know? So, I mean, that's kind of all you can do. Yeah. 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 You're always fighting. Yeah. Um, okay. So who, who floated your boat this year? Okay. What were the standouts for you? Just give us a short list. Either it can be obvious choices, it can be some people that maybe we miss. Just let us I know. I think all of my choices are like relatively obvious. I'm gonna okay. like pull. I I don't pull like. I haven't because I do the sports and the music yeah. stuff. My like my ability to do music discovery is like fairly low. Sure. So, <laughs> uh, but I I do do the pop listings like you're talking about in yeah. the New York Times every week. So it's like that's kind of my way in. I just mm -hmm. kind of like see who's playing, and then if it's a person I haven't seen like heard of before, I'm like, oh, who's that? Blah blah blah. Yeah. You know, like keeping track that way. So yeah, yeah. that does help. But I would say 
Um, do you want me to list them all first or like talk about them as I list them? Talk about them talk as a, you list yeah. them. Okay. Agreed. Um, so the internet, uh-huh. you know, yep. hive mind. I mean, it's like, I feel like it's underrated somehow, you know, and it's, it's definitely like a critical fave. Like uh-huh. people, people love the internet, not saying that, but right. like it wasn't even on NPR's end of year list. And I was kind of like, this doesn't make any sense at all because uh-huh. they're like peak NPR band. Mm-hmm. But like that album is so good. And it's not like good in a flashy way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like, oh, this is crazy. Right, you know, right. like it's like very understated, but. I still feel like it's really complex musically uh-huh. and like just rich. Like the songs are so deep and they will like get in your head, but not in like a irritating way. Right, You're like, right, right. oh, I love this and it sounds good and smooth and easy, but it's also like catchy. Like it's not so laid back that like you don't even hear it. You know what I mean? Right, like, right, right. I feel like there is definitely a trend in R&B right now where it's like, Things are so shrouded in like reverb and they're like so like moody and vibey and whatever yeah, that it's like the music totally. is like not even there, yeah. you know, like there's just no substance and the Internet never gets that. Like the songs are actually like thoughtfully constructed and stuff, but it's still very much like a mood. Yeah, I like that. Too. Um, thank you. <laughs> and I would also Casey Musgraves. You know, you got to you got to do it. Uh-huh. Like I I did a cover story on her, too, for mm. Billboard, which was cool. Um, and this album, it like really grew on me. When I first heard it, I was not necessarily sold, but mm. it's just like, it's really cool what she's been able to do. And it's also interesting to me that it's resonated with so many different people who don't necessarily like like country, mm. but it is yeah. country. You know, you know, I discovered that new album through people on Twitter who never tweet about that genre right. at all. And they were obsessive about it. Yeah. yeah. Stephen Horowitz. Right. <laughs> Obsessed. All right. <laughs> Don't get me started on Steven. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's all like, I was on board with Casey before anyone else was. And I was like, no, you weren't. No, you but weren't. anyway, it's fine. Sorry, Steven, if you're listening. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, she's great. And like, again, it's like, she, I feel like weirdly, I've been on board with Casey since like nearly day one. Okay, early adopter. Um, yeah. And her voice has actually just gotten better. Like, especially live. Like, I feel like now her concerts are like, you know, I'm like blown away by what she can do and it's awesome. And the songs, again, are so good. Like, I love Slow Burn. Mm -hmm. It's like, agreed. it's a killer. And I'm I'm so happy for her success. At least she got nominated for Grammys, which is like a good thing. And also kind of like a kiss off to country music in general, which is kind of, reaching a peak of its resistance to mm-hmm. women artists right now. Mm-hmm. It's the first time, I think, since the country airplay chart was founded that there are no women in the top 20 this this week. I'm really? pretty huh? sure. I might be wrong on the exact... It's something along those lines. I'm remembering, like, a summary of a thing I read to do. But, okay. like, but yeah. We're recording on December 14th. Just okay. for yes. yeah, yeah, anyone yeah. listening, yeah. So, and it's just like, this has been an ongoing discussion. Like, women cannot get airplay on country. Meanwhile, these, like, identical male artists are just, like, totally. produced and, like, same it'll be shit. some new guy, but it's, like, he's mm-hmm. basically the same as the old guy. Right. Not to say some of them are good songs, because I personally am a country fan, but it's just, like, the ease with which they're totally. adopted into the country radio sort of frequency and the difficulty that women have getting the same success. It's interesting. Uh-huh. Um. So Casey, definitely, um, no name, room 25. Like, I have a brand, all right, I have to. <laughs> I, 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 like, don't, I don't know no it. name. You don't? Uh-uh. Oh, okay. She's, Teach me. Uh, she's a Chicago rapper. Okay. Um, and 
she's just like it's again it's kind of like in the vibey R&B like world like it has that kind of sound to it but she's uh-huh. a rapper okay. and very much in like a slam poetry mm. way uh-huh. but not in a, an obnoxious way right. which is like a magical <laughs> combination of things yeah. and also I saw it on somebody's year-end jazz list which I was kind of sus of because I am a jazz person jazz yeah and I you know to me this is not necessarily jazz just because for me jazz like requires improvisation and yes. that's not really what's happening but it does have some of that kind of like fluid like really like instrumentally driven beats and that kind of thing so I can see where that would come from even if I don't personally agree with it and I think she's just she's really smart and her stuff doesn't sound like anybody else's stuff which is cool yeah um okay I'll check it out yeah and who else was I gonna do oh Rico Nasty um (laughs) yeah Rico Nasty. I actually, I'm laughing at the name because that just made me laugh, but I have no idea who that is. Oh, okay. Well, she is awesome. So I'm happy I can like put you guys on. You're educating us. I love, yeah. She's another woman rapper. Um, Her album's called Nasty. It's like her first full length, I believe, but I could be wrong on that. Okay. Um, And she just like, again, somebody with like a different sound. Like she kind Mm -hmm. of combines like really angsty emo rock-ish vibes like with rap Uh but her voice is like really raspy and deep and like aggressive like one of her singles is called rage and it's just like like total (laughs) like almost metal-ish catharsis but like not super alienating like hip-hop yeah with some rock like sounds in it um and i wanted to get one jazz person in the mix because you know for the brand why not um (laughs) the natalie weiner yes stay i I have to do it um no but cecile mclaurin salvant is like probably the leading jazz vocalist like right now kind of contemporary age not like legacy Mm -hmm. artist she was on soul sisters my last pod oh yeah that's awesome she's very smart like her songs are very smart no she's brilliant and like kind of her thing is like taking these songs from the american songbook that Mm -hmm. are anywhere from 50 to 100 years old and like re sort of contextualizing them and Mm -hmm. performing them in a way that makes you sort of understand what they're about differently or like give a different nuance to them but also she just has this like stunning voice that's like perfect and like amazing control you know if you can see her live that's really like the best thing ever like every time I can I'm like I'm there (laughs) you know (laughs) um but yeah and her new album is called The Window okay um and it's sort of I've again it's like I'm trying to remember exactly the way it is but I think some of them are with the string quartet and Mm. some of them are with like a more normal jazz ensemble uh-huh. so it's like it's a little bit arty but really good okay um, nice fun. way to round out the list you heard yeah. it here. i like it why don't you let people know where to find you since you wrote write for so many publications um the best place is usually my twitter yep. i feel mm-hmm. like or google it's really funny i got like so this i met this random guy in bar minor tangent and he was like <laughs> please go on i i was watching football as i want to do and I was like, yeah, I'm a sports writer. We were talking about something. And yeah. he was like, oh, well, where can I read your work? And I was like, I don't know if you Google my name. <laughs> and my friend was with me. She was like, oh, you gave him the Google me. And I was like, ah, okay, but like, actually, really? that is like the easiest way if you just right. Google Natalie Weiner. Yeah. Like, I'm most of the results. I'm not right. all of them. There are other Natalie Weiners out there, but that's... That is the aggregator. Nobody yeah. like it, you, though. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, but, but what yeah, is your Twitter handle? It's just my name, Natalie Weiner, at Natalie Weiner. 
And her Twitter feed is amazing. It's super feminist and calls yes. out a lot of bullshit. And I love it. I am you a big know, fan. I get mad online too often. It's <laughs> just so satisfying these it's days. Because we're good. all mad. It's so good. it's good when we have a spokesperson <laughs> speaking the truth out there. Thank you, Natalie. Mm-hmm. Uh, up next, 2018, was it a good year for women in film and television? We'll discuss with someone who's written on the topic, LA Times entertainment reporter Ashley Lee. Ashley, thank you for joining us all the way from La La Land. How is it out there? It is so sunny. I'm sorry to say. Oh, God. Don't be rude. (laughs) I'm just reporting the weather. I only speak the truth. Okay. Well, it was like 50 degrees in New York today. I still had two layers on. Laughs on you. No. Is that the phrase? (laughs) Laughs on you. Laughs on you. Laughs on you. It sounds really wrong It's jokes on you. Oh, jokes on you. Yeah. But I'm laughing, so it all works. Okay. Uh, So, Ashley, you were my most beloved colleague when we were both at The Hollywood Reporter together. And now you've gone on to be a world-renowned badass (laughs) journalist who is helping keep track of how Hollywood is fucking up and also holding itself accountable to women in the industry. So I've really been enjoying following you. I often read articles that you've written without even having realized that you wrote them. Uh, and it actually happened earlier today. I So you reminded me yes. that you had written an article about how uh, female-centric films are doing at the box office. Actually, a few hours before you had reminded me of that, I was referring to to your article to Alana. I was Mm -hmm. telling her about your article. I did not realize that you had written that. And then you (laughs) told me that you had. And I was like, later, I was like, oh, right. That's the same thing I was talking about earlier today. Um, Yeah. So you've become ubiquitous. And we're just very honored to have you on the show. Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm really excited about everything you guys are doing, too. Oh, thank you. Uh, Okay, so let's get into it. You wrote... An article for the LA Times recently. It was called From Mary Queen of Scots to Mary Poppins Returns. This year's movie celebrated a spectrum of female strength. So that sounds like a very interesting take in the title alone. And I was hoping you could just give us a little overview of what you think about that. Is that true? Is that a predominant theme that we saw in film this year? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, if you just think back on previous years, there's always, you know, a million biopics and all these action movies. And then there's like the one or two quote women movies, right? Like some woman, whether real or fictionalized is standing up against some kind of oppression and, Mm. and she succeeds and there's a huge monologue and a ton of applause and awards. And it's like, we all got to back this one woman and it's <laughs> <Yeah>. great. <laughs> and then and then some years you guys it's two like watch out hey. Whoa, you're crazy <laughs> so so this this happens often when hollywood is like women on screen are a thing and we need to do this right <laughs> so then you start getting divergent you start getting hunger games and that's great it's great to see things like tomb raider this year or red sparrow or proud mary or breaking in but these are all movies this year that women were kind of showing their brawn in comparison to men right mm-hmm. so that's a really great measurement of strength for some people but i felt like when i was watching a lot of movies this year These were films that just celebrated women for being women and even more so celebrated them for their 
female qualities or like connotatively feminine. So for example, their, their compassion or their vulnerability or anything like that, that society tells us are weaknesses Mm -hmm. in a man's world. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was just really cool to see this year and I, I loved it and I had to write about it. Okay. So who stood out? Give us some highlights. So some things that stood out to me, of course, um, crazy rich Asians, right? You have women who are unapologetically themselves, but also protective of their family. Like in all these horror movies, we have, you know, mothers who are, are scary for being mothers. And then in this movie, you have Michelle Yeoh, who is like a goddess for being protective of her family and is nervous about this new person coming in. So that really stood out to me. Um, a Private War, Rosamund Pike, she got a Golden Globe nomination for being um, portraying the war correspondent, Marie Colvin, mm-hmm. and her superpower was pretty much empathy. And like, mm. when have our emotions ever been something to be proud of on right. screen? So it's, really <laughs> it's been really yeah. cool. Um, looking at the favorite, it's a love triangle between three women and the men are literally just props. So that was really lovely to see just three women just going at it and just all the power. <laughs> shit. It was lovely. Going at it and always, you know, and I want to say something about that movie, which is so interesting to me. Um, the way that the characters queer relationships factored into the marketing of that movie mm-hmm. and and into the way that it impacts the story itself. So first of all, you know, that movie had been promoted for a while before it came out because it's all these amazing mm-hmm. actresses. And everyone was very excited. I didn't know until I heard a critic on some morning show talking about it right before it came out saying, and it's actually this kind of lesbian love triangle. And I was like, what? That's so interesting because I don't think that was part of the initial promotion of it. And then today I was in the subway and I saw this ad on the subway wall that says it's fun to be queen sometimes and mm-hmm. it's a very provocative still of yeah. Rachel Weiss and Olivia Coleman. And I was like, oh, now they're leaning into that aspect of it, maybe because the word is out. Like, I wonder what that decision was from the studio to finally be like, oh, yeah, this is what's going on in this movie. And maybe audiences are going to dig it and right. come to it for that. I mean, I got to say that when I watched it, I managed to somehow escape any chatter of it around the office or just online and in emails and going in and being surprised is a lot of fun. And that's very rare, right? Especially when you work in the industry. Yeah. um, But I got to say that, I mean, to call it a lesbian love triangle is one thing because it's a lot of using sexuality as power. And do they all necessarily you know, love each other romantically. I'm not sure. Mm. I actually wouldn't call it a lesbian love triangle. I think it's just like a power, power. shift or triangle between three women. I agree. And, I, I think like yeah. if you wanted to break it down, how do each of these characters identify? Right. Probably not yeah. all as lesbian. <laughs> it is it is for some of them being used as a way to gain power. Um, but I, I also think it's awesome in the movie itself that it's really not a topic. They don't really talk yes. about it. It's not really like a thing you discover. And mm-hmm. then, oh, my God, it's part of the story of mm-hmm. like, uh, mm-hmm. what do we do about the fact that these women are sleeping together? It's kind of just like you learn that it's happening. And it's like, okay, noted. Now, this is like part of the fabric of the plot, but it's not in and of itself right. what the story right. is, which was amazing. Yeah, I totally felt like there were a lot of movies like that who had these, you know, supposedly 
in other movies could be framed as like brilliant epiphanies. And in this one, they're just like, it's part of the story. Let's move on. There's so much more to say, you know, let's level up here. So like uh, some other favorites, like Beale, if Beale street could talk, Uh um, Roma, these are, in my opinion, super understated portrayals of strength, Mm -hmm. which, you know, again, you don't get those monologues. Um, and you might not even get the win. Right. Right. So, but these, but the strength is still there. And I just feel like, you know, when, when we're watching, you know, the Kavanaugh hearings and we yeah. see this woman yeah. going up against and displaying this wonderful strength and maybe, you know, on paper not being successful, but my God, that woman is objectively strong, right? Yeah. Like, so, so watching this in comparison to the news and just, you know, the women in your lives, like this has been a great year for film. Love that. And you also quoted the director, Karen Kusama, who directed Destroyer with Nicole Kidman uh, this award season. And uh, I mean, I don't know when they made the movie, but it's in awards contention. Uh, And she had a a quote that you cited in your article that I thought was really interesting. She said, I do hope there's an increasing awareness about what it does to our larger human consciousness to see interesting versions of ourselves reflected on the screen, specific, authentic, weird women who do things in their individual way, which I think is also a really important part of this that, you know, that we see strong women and women who are being strong in different ways and also just three-dimensional quirky weird Mm -hmm. like specific characters who it's that whole idea of like um there's universality in in specificness like Mm -hmm. you know if you tell like one very particular story somehow that can feel more universal than something that's super broad and you don't even recognize that as, as a real person because it's so broad Totally. And that's what we're seeing with so many of the movies that have been hits this year. That's what we're seeing with with not even just women, but also in people of color with things like Black Panther yep. and and Crazy Rich Asians and like so many just the the it sells. So even if you're not coming at it from a human perspective, like come at it with your wallet and like let's green light these projects and see some more complex, diverse characters on screen. Yes, uh, which brings up another interesting point that you wrote about. First, I want to acknowledge the fact that I just said specificness instead of specificity, so oh I am God. aware, <laughs> and I'm just correcting myself now, <laughs> so I don't have to do it in the edit. Okay, so you also uh, have written about the fact that female skewing films have done well at the box office. So it's not just nice for us right. to see in terms of representation, but this actually does pay off for studios. Maybe this is a pretty good bet for them to make. Tell us about that. Totally. So um, CAA and Shift 7 recently released a study where they just looked at the top films of every budget level. So it's not like they're comparing like a $1 million movie with a $100 million movie, but they're, you know, comparing apples to apples and oranges to oranges, which is great. Mm -hmm. And they looked at it and they looked at which movies were led by a female actor Mm -hmm. specifically which was listed as the first actor on the call sheet or the first actor in the press notes or the credits and and how they performed and it was really interesting to see that in every budget level the female-led film outperformed the male one like you cannot argue with these numbers right so super great to see and I, i really hope that this that news encourages some green lights you know around hollywood there's time what is your theory about that is that because there's a bigger uh female audience than people 
give us credit for or that men are more interested in seeing women-centric films than we give them credit for? What do you think explains that? I think it's probably a few things. So it could be just that female um, viewers are clearly an underserved audience regarding representation, right? So every time a movie with a woman at the lead comes out, like it might overperform because we're just so desperate. So hungry, right? I don't think that's necessarily true. Like we can go down the list of how many female led films um, did not recoup or like, you know, do as well as they could have done. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the argument that if you're putting out a female led film, you're going to like pay attention a bit more mm-hmm. and like just be a bit more careful in how you're making it. Um, but I think also just what you were saying where it's it's not just a representation thing. It's that people just like interesting like three-dimensional characters and they do appeal to men. Men don't only want to watch themselves. Um, I think that people are just really interested in good storytelling. I think that's just the point. the bottom line. Totally. It seems like breaking news for some reason. (laughs) Um, Okay. So in terms of really good storytelling, what were your personal favorites this year? Which, which female performances really blew you out of the water? Just any performances that seemed out of the box that you were really happy to see this year? Well, I still can't believe this is the year of Black Panther. Like yeah. this is the long <laughs> feels so long. Ago. I know. Um, not just only the men in that movie, but the women in that movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, they totally stole the conversation. They got the the cover of Entertainment Weekly at the end of the year, yep. and that was so beautiful to see. You love you love every character in that movie, and it's it's so wonderful to see that one. Um, gotta say, if Beale Street could talk, which is in theaters today, uh, super beautiful, incredibly lyrical and poetic and just incredibly rich when you're watching it. It's just wonderful. Um, and I got to say like everyone else, I'm very impressed with Lady Gaga and a star is born. I mean, we knew she could do it, but totally, totally blew my mind there. Okay. So since you brought that up, (laughs) we're going to pull you into this ongoing debate that we've had about shallow versus I'll never love again. If you had to choose one song, well, I guess I should open it up to all the songs yeah. from that film. If you had to choose one to be the standout song that might potentially win Grammys and Oscars, which would it be? Okay, well, I mean, everybody in the industry is pretty much knows that Shallow is a lock-in for the win. Right. However, I'm asking for I your personal the- preference here, Jesse's Ashley. salty about this particular topic. So I gotta say, <laughs> no, no. I, I, Jesse, I kind of feel you on this because I was at an awards gala last week and Ed Helms was honoring Bradley Cooper. And he was like, I have a genuine question about this shallow song, because uh-huh. first you say you're we're far from the shallow now. And then you say over and over again, you're in the shallow. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's. Yes. Let's oh, shit. <laughs> There's a logic flaw in it. Shit. Throw it and out. No Shit. response from Mr. Cooper. So I don't know. I no think response, we'll, we'll have... he said? I mean, it was it was oh. a gala. So he, Ed Helms was on stage, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Bradley didn't have a mic. 
That's hilarious. No, oh, he wow. didn't. Yeah. But I think it's something to consider. And it's something I can't ignore every time oh. I hear it. And I know it's been nominated for so many Grammys. And, and it, it's just the beginning of its award season. Oh, but it, I can't oh. ignore it now. I can't. Now you've planted the seed in my brain. And I have been on the shallow train toot tooting oh. that bitch the entire time. <laughs> and now you said that. I literally, literally, Jesse and I looked at each other and I was like, oh, it was like a moment of a, just pure defeat. <laughs> But I will we'll we'll see. We'll see. Sleep we, on it. We have a bet offside that we but, haven't decided what's happening yet, but someone's gonna do something when Yeah, Shallow that's a nice point though. I appreciate that. That is a great point. Um okay, so let's switch to TV for a second because with all these trends in film, I would love to know if you feel like this is also reflected in what we've seen in television this year. And by television, you know, networks and streaming and all that episodic mm-hmm. stuff. Well, the interesting thing with TV is that they've been ahead of the game as far as giving women more interesting things to do i don't know if it's because there's more real estate as far as time or there's just the plethora of networks that have come up so i mean remember when orange is the new black like premiered like there so there were so many years ahead already right um i think this year we're seeing a lot uh, thank God for Julia Roberts in Homecoming. That's yep. like her meatiest role to date. Yep. Although she's really great and Ben is back. So she's just doing a lot this fall. Highly recommend. Yeah. Um, I mean, Killing Eve. Yes. Uh, Personal fan. Yes. <laughs> Mrs. Maisel, which I know a lot of people have a lot of thoughts on the second season, but it's nice to even have these options to I debate. I love the which... second Agreed. season. I don't understand what's going on with people in the second season of this show. <laughs> I think it's fucking great. I love all the Paris stuff. I feel it so much more strongly than even the first season. So I just wanted to add that. Throw okay, that go on. Yeah. <laughs> And the debate continues. I think it's further exacerbated by the fact that it premiered like right when the Golden Globe nomination for it came out. (laughs) And so it it was like this massive. Yeah. It's the Amazon conspiracy. TV's been doing it. TV's been doing it. And unfortunately, film, it's taken a minute, but... Mm -hmm. They're doing it really, really right now. So I hope it lasts. I really do. Agreed. Uh, if you had to, if you were choosing best actress this year, Ashley Lee, I'm going to put your ass on the line. I, oh, Who would shit. it be? I'm going to hold best you to it. As in like, my preference or like who uh, I think will. Your pre- I like your preference. Your, your preference. Do your, your preference. preference. It's not really a prediction. It's just your preference. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So. I mean, everyone's talking about Roma, which is mm-hmm. now on Netflix officially, and um, it stars a newcomer named Yalitza Aparicio. And, you know, people are like, oh, she didn't really act. But just right. because, again, she doesn't have, you know, a massive monologue or, or some kind of yelling scene. I mean, right. this is a debate that's old as time, but she totally won me over. I was weeping in my seat and I'm so excited to see it again. Cause I just have to. Um, and she's been such a champ on the awards campaign trail so far. And she's just really <laughs> accepted this newfound um, career that she totally stumbled into. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, watch it. We'll, we'll keep debating, but <laughs> I really, really love her in it. Yeah. Love that. Okay. Yeah. So before we let you go, I would like for you to play a little round with us of the hot takes wheel, which is where <gasps> you're not in studio with us. You called in. So we're, we're going to spin it for you. It, but yep. we have a wheel that has different topics on it. And whatever we land on, we all have to go around and give our hot take. 
Okay. 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 So dangerous in this media landscape, but let's do it. I know. Well, you can play it safe or or reckless, however you want. Let's see what we land on. (laughs) Okay, I'm gonna spin it. Yep, spin it. Okay. And it um, is... Wonder Woman. This is very good. Okay, Wonder Woman. Does that perpetuate the female gaze? Yeah. Ooh. So the female gaze. Okay. Okay. So uh-huh. uh, I'll go first on this one. Okay. Um, I have a lot of problems with Wonder Woman. And uh, something you said earlier. Oh, Ashley, when you said at the top of the segment that you know when we're used to seeing one great female centric film a year that movie has to be everything and it has to represent everything and mm-hmm. i feel like wonder woman kind of fell into that category for me where we are so desperate to see a superhero movie starring a woman yeah. that if we get one we're like yes that is fucking it like right. mic drop we right. have done it send all your daughters yeah. to this movie yeah. boom we solved the problem and i watched that movie feeling like I had been tricked agreed and that this was actually kind of like a Chris Pine vehicle and that like the first scene on that island with all the women and Robin Penn and everything yes yes, fucking amazing I you know I was crying with all the other women in the theater but once they Mm -hmm. left there and she's like trying on dresses in a shop and I thought I'm watching pretty woman all of a sudden I don't know the rest of the movie really kind of infuriated me by the end then when i saw black panther i was like oh now that's a movie right. that has the women in in a superhero movie that we need to see right those were mm-hmm. complex mm-hmm. women they were not there to support a man or serve a man's story um so to me black panther was the movie that wonder woman pretended to be and thought it was but for me, it didn't hold up under the female gaze. I agree. I agree. And even down to the costume. And listen, I know like Wonder Woman was created by a woman, but I still think going back to our episode with Miss Eves, like women can still perpetuate the male gaze because that's what we are used to and that's yes. what we see in media. But it's like even to the costume, I'm like, does she have to be wearing nothing? nothing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like even that yeah. just irked me because I'm like, okay, yeah, we, we're powerful women. And let me just wear this like cute little, tiny little tight waist, little fucking b- bikini bottom and a whip because let me show you you know what I mean I was just like fuck this like for me it was just such a pathetic attempt to unite the women the community women or you know whatever to unite us under this one like powerful superhero because to me it was just not she was not a superhero and I, I, I hate that I'm saying that because one, you know, she is Wonder Woman. But also, it's like, but it's okay. Us, I think it's really yeah. important for us to, to no, question I, it I and agree. to see when maybe we didn't quite yeah. hit the bullseye. It's Agreed. fine. I don't see. I don't relate. I don't see it. I don't think it is. I will say it's amazing that that movie was so successful because Absolutely. it proved that if you make a movie that's about a woman, but also that kind how of movie, desperate people will go see it. But also how desperate are women to find someone in that role? That's why. Sure. Cause we're all here waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And again, to your point, black Panther are these incredible, incredible women, but it's like, obviously, you know, wonder woman was this huge deal because all of us were like, okay, let's go. You know, just like what you yeah. said, but it's me. I don't, I don't fucking get it. I don't know. Okay. Don't Ashley. Go. I mean, it's, it's, it's not a hundred, with me um I will say that I did cry a lot in the beginning part Robin Wright just can do no wrong um I agree with a lot of the points you guys have made I do think that um the three of us are are, we're cinephiles we 
we see a lot of things, we know what's there and what's not. And if this movie pulled out a lot of people who aren't in this industry to go and, and maybe for the first time, see a a movie about a woman being strong and kicking ass, more power. That's great. And this is a great stepping stone to what we were able to get this year, what was able to get greenlit for future years. So regardless of how we feel about Wonder Woman, like let's look forward to Captain Marvel. Let's look forward to Birds of Prey. Um, Let's look forward to the kick-ass Mulan adaptation. Hell yeah. Uh, Oh yeah. Epic. So like if this is a movie that helped us get somewhere else, even though it wasn't hundred, like let's, let's go there and let's even look forward to the sequel. Let's, Let's get that bar high, Patty. So, so, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. Great that's tweet. coming. Yeah, I yeah, forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I, I appreciate like that. that. Yeah, I do appreciate that. I feel that. like you put our you rage us. in context. <laughs> and that's Both very of our faces are red. <laughs> but no, you no, definitely, you definitely, you, you it's humbled It's a long us. game. It is a long this game. It's a long game. But that's, ex- you made very yeah. excellent points there. I think it's very, absolutely something to But to I remember. feel like what you're saying, Ash, is that we're making progress. Yes. Definite progress. I mean- the dozens of movies from this year, so many movies next year. And we're just thinking about last year. And it's like, all we can think about was Wonder Woman. And then before mm-hmm. that, Moana, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like long game, long game, long game. You're right. Yeah. From from Moana to Wonder Woman to the favorite. These are leaps and bounds. So it's all good. Massive. It's all good. Yeah. We're getting there. Yeah. All right. Ashley Lee, you are brilliant. Ashley. Tell, tell people where they can find all of your brilliance. I'm on Twitter at C-A-S-H-L-E-E-L-E-E, and I am writing for LA Times, so check her out. Yeah. Check her out. Like I said, you read her stuff even if you don't realize it, but now you will be (laughs) able to put a voice to the words. Thank you so much for Thank you, guys. Love you both. (laughs) Love you. Miss you. (laughs) Love you. Miss you. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. All right, guys, that is it for our gear and review episode. We would love to know what you think. You know, we brought in some experts, but they're not the only experts. Our audience is also a bunch of smart hotheads. <laughs> you guys have had no problem holding back on your feedback. And That's we're right. sure you have a lot now. So let us know. Yep. Keep emailing us. Keep sliding in our DMs. Um, our Instagram is at FemaleGazePod. Same with Twitter. We seriously, seriously love hearing from you. Please keep texting us. Or texting us. <laughs> well, <laughs> please keep texting we're not us. There yet. No, we're not there, but we might be. Please keep DMing us. Keep commenting, um, liking, following, all that great stuff. We really appreciate it. Yeah. We uh, wish a happy and safe holidays for everyone out there. Uh, If you're celebrating with family, good luck. We know it can be challenging. (laughs) If you're avoiding family or don't have family to spend the holidays with, we feel you too. If you're anything like Jenna Lorenzo and you're feeling like coming out this holiday season, we support you. Fingers crossed to you. Uh, Yeah. Uh, We'll see you all in 2019. A bunch of new awesome guests coming up. Yes. I think you're going to love it. Uh, Keep sending us ideas for the hot takes wheel because that ain't going anywhere Mm-mm. thank you guys for having me on your last yeah, I was gonna show say. and uh, another big. special thank you to shaniqua golding for coming big. in thank Rockstar. you thank you all right see you on 2019 bye, bye you guys. guys kisses
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.